0: DJ and PK, time to talk a little football now with Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. A-Rod, good morning. Morning, guys. We're it going? Uh, it's going all right. I was just wondering, what does a football coach do when there is no actual football to be coached? Are you buried deep in film now?
1: Uh, football coaches everywhere are still trying to figure that out, what, they, what they're what they supposed to be doing right now. Um, I mean, there's a lot to get done, but there's no blueprint for this. So everybody's kind of sorting it out each day. It's really weird. So, yeah, been doing a lot of recruiting uh, remotely. And... Um, the the most important thing right now is staying in touch with your players every day to make sure uh, academically that they're keeping up because with everything being online and BYU being a tough school, um, gotta we have to stay on top of everything every day with with each of our our players in our position group. So that's that's number one, and then also trying to make sure that we're still staying sharp football-wise as much as we can. So I try to each week check in and make sure guys have a place to work out. And some guys are getting creative. Some guys have a place to go and some guys don't. So some guys have to be creative about that. And try to – a lot of film study as well. So, yeah, there's – there's, but it's it's a weird time for sure. We've heard
2: some coaches now come out. Uh, Bronco said it last week. Gary Anderson said. Uh, Herbstreet has even gone so far as to say he's not a coach, obviously, but he's gone so far as to say that maybe it might not even be a season. Uh, with, uh, you, you had, I think, six spring practices, and now the Pac-12 issues the thing that no team-related activities until at least May 31st. What's your thought about getting together and how much time that the programs would need before we have to start looking at uh, possible reduction of season or pushing back of season when we get to that point?
1: Well, I mean, every I think we've all thought about it now. It's, it's, um, and it's a little scary to think about that. But I think we have to be – right now I think the better plan, at least if you're a coach, is I think it's be prepared for a full season – with a little less time than usual to get ready. And then if something are, were to happen to reduce the season, then you adjust to that. But I think the biggest mistake we could make as coaches is uh, to assume that it's going to be shorter or to assume that it's not not going to happen and then not be ready for it if it does. And so um, for right now it's just try as hard as we can to be ready um, I think that the most important thing if is, is once we are able to get back to somewhat something somewhat normal, just for the safety of the players is just making sure everybody's in shape you know if if guys are football's a football's a physical game, and as long as everybody's in good enough shape to to compete and protect themselves and uh you know. Play 65 snaps or whatever you know. In every down, player plays. Then, yeah, you know, we'll adjust. The coaches can adjust, and we have a veteran team, so I think our execution will will still be will still be good.
0: We talked to Morgan Scally, and he said that uh, they have a program for players who go on missions, especially to third world countries, and. Uh, to keep them as physically fit as possible, and he says they've kind of adapted that a little bit, but that's similar to what they have their guys doing now—that they can't go to gyms, they can't come into the weight room and do stuff they'd normally do. Everything's kind of scrambled. So I, I assume at BYU you've done something similar to that.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm familiar with what Morgan's talking about because you know both both programs have had enough guys come and go over the years on, on missions. Uh, there's a pretty good. Uh, you know, amount of data that shows that a lot, you know, guys have a tendency to get injured if you throw them, if you just throw them in with the regular, you know, football population too early, they'll get, they'll get injured. It just, it just happens. And so, well, I think both programs have got similar, uh, similar, you know, routines to get guys adjusted as quickly as possible. When they get back, and to and to um, get them back in the right way without without getting them injured, and so um, might not be exactly the same routine, but you know, you you guys all know both of our staffs have had a lot of carryover. Even our strength staff, we've got our head strength coach worked up there, so there's a lot of a lot of experience there where we've, we've just seen it so many times now. We've got pretty good at knowing how to handle it.
2: So Zach Wilson has had an interesting go of it at BYU. You know, he plays his second part of his first year, uh, misses spring ball, then gets hurt, misses a good chunk of his sophomore year, missing spring ball again, not through his own accord this time, but or most of it anyway because of the situation. Uh, I don't want to say it's setting him back, but where he, where is he on the timeline of development?
1: I think he's right on schedule. I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> he had a good freshman year, and I've said, I can't remember which, I've said this publicly a couple of times, and I'll say it again. I think that um, the bowl game his freshman year, the, the so-called perfect bowl game, might have been the worst thing that ever happened to him because you know it was a great game and he played really well and it was great for our program cuz the uh, BYU hadn't been in the bowl game for a year or two i can't remember how long it had been but it was it was uh, it was great but it created an expectation that i think was unfair and unrealistic for anyone especially someone who's, who had, who was only a freshman and had only played like 5 games and and then you add on the fact that he 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 was injured. He had a shoulder injury that had happened in high school that needed surgery. He played through it his freshman year and had to have the surgery and so he missed the entire off season. I mean, and when I say entire off season, he a week before the Utah game, we were wondering if he could play. I mean, we kept saying, yeah, he's going to play, he's going to play, but it was getting scary. And uh no training with the team in the off season. no weightlifting, you know, uh, no summer conditioning. He, he, he wasn't doing anything until j- just a little before that game. And then he didn't play well in that game. Everybody knows that. It's no secret. And um, he still rallied, though, our team and had some huge wins last year. I mean, winning on the road at Tennessee was no small feat and Tennessee turned out to be a good team by the way everybody thought they weren't good i guess cuz we beat them or something but they turned out to have a great a good season and i think they're going to be a really good team this year and beating USC at home was a good win and he he had some really great uh moments last year but i think the ups and downs were were pretty normal and i wasn't that surprised i mean he's a sophomore and uh you learn you learn by playing and every quarterback goes through it and all the great quarterbacks that have played at BYU went went through some growing pains. Everybody just remembers the great times when they played great. Nobody remembers what you know everybody remembers Steve Sarkeesian just being awesome his senior year going fourteen and one, but they forget he was six and five as a junior or John Beck went just kinda of up and down and then he was awesome for two years. And and uh even the guys in the old days, I mean I talked to Robbie Bosco how he was a great player, but he had some he told me about throwing a few interceptions that you know his first year and and so there there was some things that uh you know you go through that you only learn by playing and and um so I wasn't surprised and not making excuses for it and he knows he's got to get better, but to me, it's just part of the process and and uh now, if you don't learn from it and you keep making the same mistakes, then that's. That's not good. But, you know, some of the things Zach went through last year, some of the mistakes he made, I thought, you know, they're just, it's part of playing the game and it's part of the process that we're going through as a whole offense right now. There's a lot of those mistakes made by other players on our offense. They're just not as visible because maybe they play other positions. And so um, we'll keep competing with the other QBs and keep getting better.
0: So I think when you bring up the other quarterbacks, and you probably know a lot of numbers that fans don't know. You probably know a lot of numbers. The media doesn't know either. But a lot of people look at the touchdown-interception ratio. And Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall were a combined eight touchdowns, two picks. And Zach was 11 touchdowns and nine picks. Obviously, the interception number needs to go down. And that that ratio needs to improve. Can you say there's one or two things? Or is every one of those picks something different that's got to be fixed?
1: Um yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things there um that we're working on. Um one of them would be, you know, I took I take responsibility for part of it. Um we threw some interceptions in the last two games that really skewed those numbers and um um a couple of them were were play calls I'd like to have back, you know, where they, I feel like you know, I think maybe stuff we did our game plan that Coach Grimes and I put together could maybe be a little better. And so we look at that. And then there's a couple of them there that Zach just has to own it. He just has to to be smarter and make a better decision and let his experience, you know, learn learn from his experience and not make that mistake next year. And then, you know, there's a couple of those interceptions in there that, uh, you know, where it's just like that's just football. You know, when you let the ball go out of your hand, there's – something bad can happen sometimes the ball gets tipped sometimes uh, a defender a defensive lineman you know uh, you know gets close to you when you're throwing it and the ball the throws a little off I mean there, there's a lot of things there but the one the one thing that um we always teach and is you own every interception you throw I mean whether Whether the receiver just flat-out drops it and it gets picked or whether it's totally your fault and you threw it right to the other team, doesn't matter. We own it. We take responsibility for it. And Zach's been accountable. He's never made the excuses. And um, one of the hardest-working guys on our team. And he's he's trying to fix it. And I think one other thing that's worth mentioning is, again, when I said – Zach having a good freshman year might have been the worst thing that happened. It's, it was also sometimes maybe uh, maybe there was a comfort level with us as coaches that maybe he could handle a little more than the other guys. And so maybe we put a little too much on his plate at times with the game plan. And then when, when you know Jaron or Baylor were starting, it's like, oh, it's their first start. Let's have a really good, simple game plan. And not that they not that they're not you know they're they're smart, capable guys, but it's like their first game, and then you know we had really good game plans for those guys, and they went out and played well and so it was a good lesson for us as well that um you know, hey, let's not make things more complicated than they need to be for anyone in our offense let's simplify let's play fast as an offense for everyone, not just the quarterback we're trying to we're trying to be simple um and yet. Still, attack the whole field, and you can you can accomplish both, and so that's that's the plan.
2: So, if I looked at the depth chart at quarterback, would there be a st- distinct division between one and two, and two and three, or would there be one or two oars in there?
1: Well, Baylor, I, I mean, I guess it's not a secret now, but we tried to keep it a secret at the end of last season. Was Baylor was injured, and he was. He was limping through the practice week and then dressing on game day, but really wasn't a bit. Vi- uh, he really was just barely available the last few games to play. And Jaron was out with a concussion, so for the last uh I want to say three games, maybe four, we we were going with basically Baylor was basically doing nothing in practice, and then shooting up his foot on game day and like trying to play. And so Zach was playing with, uh, with not much, you know, behind him at the time. And so um, that injury to Baylor still was holding him back. We, I think we got six practices in the spring and Baylor was still, didn't go full speed in any of those practices. So it was Zach and Jaron split all the reps and, um, we did not distinguish who was one or who was two. They took even reps with the ones and the twos, and I think it's really good for the team to see all those guys compete right now. I think it's good. You know, Zach played a lot of snaps last year, but I think it's good when he's in there with the second-team O-line or the walk-on wide receivers at times going against the, going against the defense, and um, I think that's good for the whole team to see everybody compete like that. And so we will... Determine in in fall camp, you know who's one and who's two and who's three. Um, I wish Baylor could have done more in the spring, but right now, but I thought Jaron did a lot of good things, and we will continue that competition as long as as long as we can until we have to until somebody's clearly the guy or until we have to make a decision. Uh, We'll you know right now we just don't know exactly what our time frame is going to be with the way things are kind of up in the air.
0: Tyson Williams was obviously a big help while he was healthy, and he was running the ball well, and the transfer portal really worked for you. What does running back look like this year? Can there be any late help in the transfer portal, really for any team at any position? Is it just different this year, given that everything else that's going on?
1: Well, you, I'm glad you said that, because losing Tyson was a huge blow. He was, he was a huge difference maker, um, we don't beat Tennessee on the road without him. We don't beat USC at home without him. He was playing really well early in the game against Washington when he got hurt, and we were still in that game. And it it was a... I I don't want to put too much on it, but it it took us a couple of games to uh, bounce back from losing him and to figure out answers. Sione Final and some other guys stepped up uh, in his in his absence, later on in the Boise game and the Utah State game, but it took us a couple games to figure that out. And so, but as, uh, as far as grad transfers go, we have Devonte Henry Cole coming, and so um, you know, really excited about him. I've known him since he was in high school. I didn't mean, Dennis Erickson recruited him, but I've I've I got to know him way back then when Dennis was recruiting him, and then of course I coached him one year his freshman year when I was still at Utah and um, feel like he's a guy that brings something that, you know, we don't always have. And then I think we just have to expect our other players to keep getting better. I mean, I think Pini Katoa is a good player. Who's going to just get better. He's played a lot of football and he's, he's already a good player. And I think he's going to be a better player this year. And I think Jackson McChesney's a guy who has a lot of ability, a uh, ton of ability, and he did some good things late in the season last year. And uh, I expect him to to do a lot of good things and another guy that's a good player is Tyler Algier. And he came on late in the season last year and did some good things. And uh, now we're now that we have him at running back full time, I, I, I think he'll do some good things and there's some other guys there too, um that that we'll that we're um getting reps we were getting some reps for in spring ball uh jackson kafusi was getting some reps and doing some good things so we're going to be good at that position i'm, I'm really excited about that group
2: how about at uh, the receiver end? you lose some guys i've uh, been waiting for a kid like romney to bust out has it yeah. really happened what do you got there that you can count on or expect to
1: count on maybe yeah we lost three good players there and they're they're going to be hard to replace um but I, I, Gunnar Romney, you just mentioned, he has a lot of ability, and he's he's done a lot of good things for us his first two years, um, and I just think as he as he become, you know plays more snaps and and becomes more of an every down player, I think people are going to see what he's really capable of. He's he's uh and he's another one, I think maybe the expectations for him were maybe a little unfair. He came in with a lot of hype and he he does have a lot of ability and he was he played in a a, a very good high school program and he played as a true freshman for us and he's done a lot of good things, but I expect this to be the year where the game really slows down for him, and he's he should be a guy that's not coming off the field unless. You know, rarely coming off the field. I think he's a uh, someone who has a chance to be a really good, really good player for us. And then Dax Millen is another one who's played a lot of football. He's a freshman. He, he's, he played a lot for us as a freshman, uh, freshman walk-on, and then did a lot of good things last year. Um, people remember he had a huge touchdown in the in the USC game, um, and and did a lot of good things. And I think he's another one. And then. Um, I got my fingers crossed for Neil Pau because I've been saying since I got here, Neil, Neil is one of the most talented players in our program, and he's had his moments where he's shown that, and uh, I still believe in him. I've, I, I re- I've known him since he was in high school. When I was at Utah, he was at Sylvain High School in Orange County and where I recruit, and um, tons of ability, and he is a talented, talented guy. And He's big, and he's fast, and just he's he's got a lot of potential and uh so i think neil is you know i don't want to say too much but i I, he's he's had been through some tough times and i think he is ready to have a great season and we're excited to put him in positions to do things for us that maybe fans haven't seen in a while and so he he's he's got some ability but he's got to prove it and he's got to um he's he's just I don't want to say too much until he does it, but I, I, I like him a lot.
0: Obviously, you guys were uh, good in the clutch and late in the games against Tennessee and USC. But when you look at yeah. losses, Toledo, South Florida, Hawaii, three, three—not tr- just three road games, but three long road trips—and I realize Tennessee was too. But you outscored 34-3 to in the fourth quarter of those games, and you lost all three of them, and they were all three there for the taking. None of them were blowouts. They were all very competitive. So when you got this extra downtime now, do you look at the way you travel, the way you prepare, conditioning, everything to try to figure out what went wrong? Because it's hard to say that any of those games were lost purely on talent. You were in position to win them all.
1: Yeah, the travel – I don't really think the travel is a factor in any of those three games. We should we we feel like we should have won those games and we didn't. So the you know as a coach if you're I think any coach that's worth anything the first thing you do is you look at yourself and say well, you know how can I coach better? What what could I have done? What could I have done better? You know, I'm not going to blame the the road trip or the the plane or the hotel or definitely not going to blame the players uh your first thing you do as a coach is look at what can we do better and we've done a lot of soul searching about those games we you know we analyze every single snap of the season and um I, I think you know people hear that but I don't know if they really know like how much we really look into every single little play of the entire season and and uh you know it's it's a. Uh, it's something that we take very seriously and so we we lost a couple of games we we shouldn't have lost and we're doing everything we can to correct those things and we look at ourselves first and then we look at how how can we uh use our players better how you know how can we put our players in better position to win those games and you're right though there is a theme there that we we uh we blew a lead in the fourth quarter and in in uh you know particularly that the Toledo and South Florida game and I think um the big answer, the bigger answer on those two games was just we to stay aggressive and we learned we learned that you know we got to stay aggressive offensively and keep pushing the ball down the field when we when we um started pushing the ball down the field more and you know in the Boise Utah State games and we went on a I think it was a 5 game win streak after those one of those losses. I can't. Which one was the second one? But um, the lesson was to be aggressive offensively, and so you know that was it was a good lesson for us, and we'll keep we'll keep trying to do that. The the Hawaii game I view differently. I mean, that was a different kind of game where it was kind of more of a track meet. Both teams were scoring and going up and down the field, and uh, we got to take better care of the ball. We we lost that game. We we turned the ball over. Uh, three times in that game and two of them you know one of them was right on the goal line where we got to get the ball across the goal line and we we coughed it up and and uh, we had a couple of costly interceptions in that game but they got they got points off of one of them and the other one was the the play that closed out the game so um different you know different problems but we're we're working on it and man we replay it all the time relive it and, and we're always trying to get better
0: Well, hey rod we appreciate you joining us here this morning for a little bit. And uh, good luck watching film the rest of the day while you try to figure out what a football coach is supposed to do under these
1: circumstances. You guys must be trying to figure out what radio guys are supposed to do, too, because we've been in quarantine for like a month and you finally had me on, so you must be running out of people to talk to. You guys are getting bored, I can tell. Okay, the
0: bored part we'll plead guilty to, but running out of people to talk to? Never. (laughs) Never. Yeah, all right, guys. All right, thanks, A-Rod. I'm here for you anytime. Okay. Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.